Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome on in. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 on a day after... Whatever the heck that was, the Eagles press conference, a half hour late, nine days late. Maybe they should have waited a little bit more to get their act together. Hugh, good morning after the Eagles try to make us feel better, and I'm not sure it worked. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Philly. Hey, if y'all still got y'all Christmas lights up, man, y'all try them. That's, that's all I got to say about that. I'm riding through the suburbs last <laughs> night. I saw a lot of people with their Christmas lights up. Y'all real trifling out there in the suburbs. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, you know what? The Eagles might be too. Because what's, what went on yesterday, if that was intended to make us feel better, it did not work. Here's what we watched yesterday. We watched an all-time Philadelphia press conference. We've had some bad ones over the years. Andy McPhail made me feel worse every time he spoke. We had Nick Sirianni's first press conference here in which no one knew what the heck this guy was talking about, okay? And then, of course, you had the trio of Middleton, Klintak, and McPhail citing stats they found in a piece of paper somewhere under a desk, trying to make us feel better about four or five years ago. And then we had yesterday. Guys, that was a soft firing. They took away everything from this guy except his title. That What did I watch yesterday with that press conference? Here's what we have. We have a, an, a guy with an offensive background that no longer has any say on the offense. He took the deal Doug Peterson wouldn't, which is – Fire everybody. You stand up there, smile and nod, and we'll put everybody else in power. You know what we have right now? We have Jason Garrett with an Eagles polo on. That's what we've created. <laughs> the clapper. You know what's funny about that in, in the way you say it? I mean, the payout is extremely well, though. To I mean, do that job? Yeah, to do the job. The, the one that got me was because I'm riding the car, right? So I'm getting ready to go to QC. Shout out to QC Kinetics. They're getting me right over there. So – when they asked him, somebody asked him, say, so what is your job? He said, I set the culture. I was like, oh, no, baby, what is you doing? Here, here, let's, let's listen to that one. We got a lot to react to. 215-592-9494. Let's oh, listen no. to that because oh, no, it baby. really set the stage yesterday <laughs> because we now know Sirianni is going to have virtually no power over the offense. That's going to be the new coordinator. So the que- I thought the question was pointed. It was fair, although harsh. Here it was yesterday when Hugh just referenced, Sirianni asked, well, what do you do around here now? The offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense. What is your role going to be? The head coach of the football <laughs> what team. What does that entail? How, how does it change? Yeah, um, I guess what, you know, it would be this very similar to what's going on right now. Um, you know, does that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times? Maybe. Right. Instead of always being in an offensive meeting, maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the, be the head coach of the football team. And so that's building the culture. That's making sure the culture's, um, you know, 
working, you know, with our, our five oh. core values or taking every day at a time. Like we're not coming up with new core values. Uh, I mean, we may shuffle of where, you know, where the things are that are important um, and the most important, um, but that's diving into that, building the culture, having a relationship with the guys on the football team. Um, because I know when, when I have that connection with the guys on the football team, um, that's when things are, you know, that when, that's when the culture is working um, and, and working at high level. So just stopped it. He should have stopped it at, uh, you know, creating the culture. What's the phrase? Like when you're trying to expound on it, that's when he made it even worse. Quit while you're ahead? Yeah. So two things hit me from that. The, the fact that there's maybes thrown in there. He's asked what his job description is, what he's going to do. And he throws a couple maybes in there. Maybe I'll sit in the defensive meetings. See, he what, doesn't even know what he's going to do. Yeah, that That's when you open yourself up for all kind of criticism. Now, I will say this. Since Coach Sirianni has been here, He's had success on the football field. Hasn't been the greatest in press conferences. I kind of feel him on, the, on that, Joe, because every now and then when I'm doing this show, in case you haven't been paying attention, I try to get thoughts out of my head, and sometimes other thoughts run in there, and I run in the stream of conscious thing, and I kind of get all squirrely with it. So I, I kind of feel him on that, but it's different. I do radio, so that's, it's not my job to be clear and concise like all the time. For a coach, though, <laughs> it's, a different, well, it's a different scenario. <laughs> plus, you have a co-host and a, and a producer that can – Can understand know, what we, I'm yeah, trying to say. We you can know all I mean? do it together. You he, can save me from myself. Well, how do you – nobody ask you to do that. Well, at one point, <laughs> Howie tried to say – Howie basically grabbed the mic yesterday. Yeah. like, let me answer a question. I, I know how to do that, this. That was the – whew. That was the worst thing how we could have did for Coach. Like, seriously, all jokes aside. Actually, you mean take the mic? Yes. Well, I mean, really, but you know what I mean. He said, yeah, ask no, me a question. I, like, he shouldn't have did that, man. Yeah, but he was drowning. I know, but, you, a got, life raft. but you can't do that because you basically, when you do stuff like that, you basically fuel the fire for what every, everybody's thinking about you anyway. Yeah. Because I got, I can't tell you who I got these text messages from, but I got a lot of my old teammates text me. And the one thing that they all had, they said the same thing was a consensus puppet. Puppet. Like, and I just, you know, I didn't respond because I try to, you know, try to get all the information you can, but I'm telling you, like, that was the one thing that in that press conference where how we did that, they're like, man, that wasn't a good look. He's a puppet. It, he wasn't a good look. 215-592-949. I understand why ex-players are saying that. I, I think we're feeling it as a fan base. And, so that answer there about what he's going to do, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. He doesn't even have a concise feeling on what his job is now. And then he talked about reshuffling core values. As, he as, did. Like, that, that was a bad What are we doing? We're going to sit on a whiteboard and move one to three and you three know to what? four? Uh, we're going to put winning at the top. <laughs> no. We're going to move, like, making mistakes to third. Yeah, that, that like, it, it just wasn't. I'm not going to kill him. Well, I guess we are because that's what we're doing right kind now. Of damn yeah. right we are, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he he was in a bad spot, man. He was in a bad spot. And the organization put him in that spot. All right, let, let's listen to this because I think there's a, a kind of a deterioration of what this guy is and what he was built to be. And then we'll get to a silver lining, which I know Hugh has on, on yesterday because there is a silver lining with some news that came out. All right, well, there is, there is. I mean, I feel like crap, but there is a silver lining here. All right, so – Here's Sirianni talking about the new offense that's going to be, and he was asked yesterday, your offense, someone else's offense. Here's how he responded to that. Just for clarification, though, it'll be your scheme and you'll have final authority on, on what is run. Yeah, you know, it's, it's our scheme. 
it's it will be our scheme of what we're what we're doing and so again i don't know exactly what that will look like yet right we're we're bringing in a guy to bring in new ideas um, to do the things that that he's done in the past um, we're going we're going through an extensive uh, search to to get that right person um, but it'd be crazy not to add some of the things that we've done in the past uh, here as well i don't know if it's going to be 95% this, 90, we're not there yet, right? We're working on getting the best guy in here for the job. Um, and, you know, a guy who has a vision, uh, a guy who can, who's going to call the plays, um, a guy who's going to be able to coach a quarterback in the, in the, in the, in the same sense there. Oh um, so gosh, it's just about it's getting awful. the right guy. And then we'll, we'll, we'll decide where that goes. But I'm hiring him to do a job um, and to be in charge of the offense. Can, can I just say something real quick? When, when he said – we're going to incorporate some of our offense into this new offense. What was the first thing that popped in your head when he said that? Because I can tell you what the first thing that popped in my head when he said What was in your head? When he said incorporate some of the things that we do well. Tush, 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 push. <laughs> that was it. That's the only thing that I thought. And I know that I am not the only person that thought that. When he said, we're going to take some of the things that we did well on offense, I said, oh, well, the tush push? Because, hell, that's about it. Bob, we'll run your offense. We'll but do we the tush push. You know what? We can't do this without the tush push. Do you see how effective my tush push was throughout the whole season? That's my staple. You only stopped it like one time. Oh, my god. And goodness. when they stopped it, they grabbed the quarterback's neck and the dude got fired for it. That's what I bring to the table. Do not disrespect me. <laughs> so that was yesterday. Listen to one month ago. I mean, like a month and a half ago, Sirianni talking about the offense. Listen to the tone, the phrasing, the words. Yesterday, it's our offense. Doesn't know what percentage. Maybe we'll keep tush push, whatever. Here was one month ago, Sirianni. So it was, it's our offense now. A month ago was my offense. By the way, Brian Johnson fired from being the offense coordinator. So we've gone from my to our. And now listen to this. This is Jeff Lurie, the day, or they introduced and hired Nick Sirianni as their head coach. Listen to what he said about him then. This is just a few years ago and how far we've come. As soon as you got to spend time with Nick and we we probably spent about I don't know 10 12 hours together over two days um, it, it became apparent that this is a very special uh, communicator not just a brilliant football IQ which was very evident early on as we'd go through how he game plans how he faces uh, attacks defenses and how to maximize your personnel not just sort of uh, relying on a scheme but how to each week, um, attack exactly where uh, who you're playing and what their strengths and weaknesses are in great detail. But much more than that, uh, somebody who connects with everybody. And uh, I, to me, it, it continues the culture we've had uh, and builds on it. So three years ago, we're talking about an offensive mind, and now we're talking about a guy who's giving his offense away. So that's the whole thing. <laughs> I feel worse. Hugh, how do you feel? Because there was there was a, one other part of yesterday that that I know we, we shouldn't ignore here. Mm -hmm. I I don't feel good about that press conference, but I do feel good about the news that Vic Fangio is potentially coming yeah. here. They say he's dry, he's catching a plane today, so much so that I had people texting me talking about you know Vic Fangio's coming, yay. The thing that I like about it is when you talk about his defenses, they, they score points. Scoring defense, I think in the last, what, 13 years, he's had eight top five defenses that in yards allowed. He's a good coordinator. He's a good coordinator, yeah. man. And another thing that, that, that stuck out to me, fewest penalties, fewest penalized defenses. That means they're going to play smart. And with playing smart, 
that they're going to play physical when you talk about scoring points and all the other stuff, fewest points allowed, stuff like that. They're going to play smart and they're going to play physical. That's what I like. And I would even go as far as to say that it's funny because in that press conference yesterday, how he, I think he went out of his way to talk about how he wanted to dispel the rumor that they don't emphasize linebacker play or he, he you know, like people think that they don't, they don't think that's important. With a coach like Vic Fangio, you're going to have to have good linebacker play because he's had good linebackers throughout everywhere, his, everywhere that he's been. He's had guys that, that play physical. One of the guys that he coached that, that I, I didn't even know he coached, Navarro Bowman. Mm. Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis were two of the most menacing linebackers that I've ever seen. I know P-Dub gets all the accolades, but Navarro Bowman to me was that hammer so, on that San Francisco 49ers team. Listen to this list, and I, and I do love the Fangio move. I mean, he should have been here last year. We, you know, we know what happened. He should have been here last year, and then the whole thing blew up because of, of Jonathan. Again, here's a list of linebackers Fangio has coached in his career. And, some of the, and he, his trade is linebackers coach. That's what he started as, and then he developed it to a coordinator and obviously once a head coach. Vaughn Johnson, Ricky Jackson, Sam Mills, Kevin Green, Cornelius Bennett, Jamie Sharper, Bart Scott. Who's oh, wow. who, who's Biscuit? Bennett? Oh, Cornelius Bennett. Yeah, he was one of the Colts. Yeah. Bart Scott. Obviously, Ray Lewis was great anyway, but he was with Ray Lewis. Uh, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis. His last year in Chicago, they drafted Roquan Smith. I mean, this guy's been around greatness at linebacker. He, and he knows what – obviously, he knows who he's looking for. Yep. In that, in that, at that linebacker spot. So that, that, that's exciting to me. And it also makes me feel like this defense is going to have an identity. Because when I look at this defense from last year, can anybody think of any time that they've seen, like especially from the secondary position, anybody play physical? Mm-mm. Like physical confrontation? Not enough, no. And when you look at the playoffs, when you look at this last weekend's games, the one thing that, that jumped out to me, and I've been saying it for the last couple of days, Joe, is – the corners playing up on the line, playing physical, playing press, that's what I feel like he's going to bring to the table. I feel like that's what we need to have. We need to have an identity defensively. We've gone too long, I, I feel, in Philadelphia without having a defense that has an identity. Really, really do. Like So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I was very, very excited about Coach Fangio coming here. Yeah, I think there's two ways to take away yesterday. You know, let, let the rubble clear, let the smoke clear like Hugh has and say, oh, we got Vic Fangio. It's a, it's, it's a good thing for the Eagles today. Turned out to be a good day. And I like the Fangio thing. I'm with you, Hugh. I, I think he is – and even last year, they lost a lot of pieces. They were down six starters in the last two weeks of the season, and they held Josh Allen and Mahomes down. They didn't win the games because their offense didn't do anything, but he's a good coach. But I can't move past what I saw yesterday. The, the rubble – that the smoke that's still being cleared from the rubble yesterday was, and that's it's an all-time bad press conference. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Do you feel better after the Eagles and what they said, what they did yesterday, Kyle? Quickly, what do you feel before we go to the phones here? Do you feel better after the state of the Eagles yesterday? I definitely don't feel better. I didn't expect that press conference or anything yesterday to make me feel better, but I also didn't expect it to make me feel worse. Like <laughs> I, I I love the the phrase that you used Joe like it was a, a soft firing. It feels like the clock has officially started on Nick Sirianni and, and his job security. It just feels like we're we're it feels purposeless for them to be uh for them to really do this. Like anyone that they bring in as offensive coordinator feels like they're going to be the next head coach of this team. Uh, the Vic Fangio thing, sure whatever. It's basically just Jonathan Gannon but like the godfather of the Jonathan Gannon defense. So I, I, I don't know. Nothing really happened yesterday to make me think like, oh, man, this team is like so 
headed in, in the right direction. I mean, honestly, Howie didn't really seem like he had full conviction in a lot of the stuff he was saying. So more so uh, than more so than the head coach. Well, yeah, but that's that's a, that's a pretty low bar. I, I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> Nick Sirianni, like it felt like maybe Nick Sirianni's worst press conference since the one uh, that, that he opened up with when he got hired. So, no, I, I very much do not feel better after yesterday. 215-592-9494. Do you feel better after the state of the Eagles yesterday? It only took nine. That took nine days since the come up with that spin. Nine days? How about Howie blaming the snow? Well, we were sad we lost. It was snowing last Friday. That's why the Somebody press conference. Somebody didn't follow the script, though. Yeah. Well, I don't, so I don't nine days and 30 part. minutes yeah. because they were late for no, the press. Well, that too. They were like an hour Which late is for like, the press conference. You know, I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, come on. Let, let's be a little punctual here. Will in the Northeast. What's up, Will? Oh, gentlemen, how y'all doing today? What's up, man? We're figuring it out, Will. I don't know what the heck that was yesterday. Listen, I was so I was so happy that they asked the question that I wanted to ask Sirianni as far as what is your role of being a coach. And guess what? He flunked the test because the first thing he was supposed to say is, I'm the overseer of the whole entire team. I was thinking overseer. I was thinking he should have said overseer, but overseer sounds like, you know, it just sounded a little weird. It do, But it sounds I mean, better than I might do this or yeah, I might no, do it that. It definitely does, right. but, yeah, you're right. But the whole thing is, you know, um, I just want to say this, man. I don't I don't think any lesser Sirianni, because I said this when um, when we got bullied by San Francisco, right? And the only way to, to beat a bully – is to become the bully. Yep. And that's what happened to with a lot of these teams. They became the bullies, and we was getting bullied. Mm. So the whole thing is we never adjusted to getting bullied. And the thing is what the head coach was supposed to do is make them adjustments. Now, I said early in the season, I wouldn't think any less of you, Sirianni, if you relinquish the, the, um, the play calling to the offensive coordinator and see how it do. And I don't think he – relinquished the whole entire, you know, as far as the game planning. But now he's he's doing exactly what I said we should have did six games ago. Maybe, just maybe, we will be in the NFC Championship right now. Maybe. And I mean, has- they, they probably didn't have the pieces this year on defense or, or the right coaches. But, Will, right. he, here's the thing on offense that it's probably good for the Eagles. It's just bad for Nick. And, Will, we appreciate it. This isn't his offense anymore. Like, well, it's going to be a totally different offense, and I have no idea who's it going to be, right? We don't know who the coordinator is. We know they've interviewed Kingsbury and, and, and Gerard Johnson. We have no idea. Hurts has to learn a new offense. They all do. And the fact that, I mean, he, he took the deal that Doug didn't want to do. This is how the Doug thing ended because Doug said, no, like, I'm not doing that. And then they said, all right, you're fired. I mean, Sirianni wanted to stick around, and and I don't know what he's going to do, but he's sticking around. Yeah, he's going to be – he's going to – sometimes he's going to pop into defense with me. Maybe. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> he's going to reset the core values. Can we shuffle them once a week? We he just did, re- he yeah. did say shuffle the core values. He though. did. That was, like, I like Coach Sirianni. Let me say that before I say the next thing that I'm about to say, but that was a bad look. <laughs> that was a bad look at the press. I, I actually feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, Why? He's, well, because he how much is, money he making next year? So I, he makes a lot of money. And I, <laughs> Feel bad for me. I listen, Howie. If it don't work out with Coach Seattle, you need another puppet. I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm your guy. But I'll take all that heat because he's you can hire whatever coordinator you want to hire. He's just here for us to rip when things go bad. He has no say on anything anymore. Ask me like I'm the new coach. What's what I do here? What do you do here? What you mean what I do here? <laughs> so you had some I like I like the energy and passion you had more than Sirianni. Seriously, what, what are you mean? <laughs> can we list his main responsibilities now? I, listen, Saturday night speeches to the team. I am the game day coordinator. There you go. 
I am the hype man. Hype man. You don't get no rah-rah like you get with this. Oh. And every now and then I'll do a little. No, I probably ain't going to do no two-step. You ain't about to prostitute me like that. I ain't doing no two-step. But I will be a motivator, and I will come with some Martin Luther King speeches every now and then. And, you know, I'll probably, you know, get get – Get somebody bake some cookies every night too. But he, he's like beyond puppet to me at this point. He feels like like uh, the Woody doll from Toy like, Story. Is that like beyond meat? <laughs> he's beyond. I don't puppet. know. But he feels like the guy that you just Fake pull me, the string yeah. behind him and he just blurts out like his random five random phrases like core values, culture, like uh, it's all the same nonsense. Dog mentality. Yeah, like he just sounds like an idiot. Well, he sounds like a coach that has no say on what happens. Even the stuff that he will be in charge. Right, fourth downs. They go over those during the week. He hasn't. They have an analytics guy in his ear that's going to tell him we should probably go for it here. Like, what is his role here? He couldn't even tell us yesterday. It is remarkable. Hugh, I agree with you on the Vic Fangio thing. We're, we're aligned on that. I think this guy's a really good coordinator. He's coached a million great linebackers. He is a good coach. They got better on defense yesterday solely by adding him. But goodness gracious, what we saw yesterday with the head coach. That was rough. 215-592-9494. Do you feel better after watching or listening to what went down yesterday? Hugh does because of Fangio. I don't because we have a head coach. He's Jason Garrett in an Eagles polo. I mean, that that's what he's become here. His offense isn't even his anymore. The defense, he has no clue on. What are we doing here? 215-592-9494. Get you aboard. We'll get to more audio in the next segment, why is Sirianni still here? Well, how we try to tell us yesterday. You'll hear that. Much more to come. Your phone. Those meetings after every year. Um, and we talk about, you know, the progression of the team, um, where we're going, what we did well, things we didn't do well. And, you know, that was, just, that was kind of business as usual right there. Um, it was a little obviously at the end of the at the end of the game, right on Monday night. You get back late on Tuesday. How he explained all that. We have player meetings, right? Uh, it takes me about two to three days to get through every player. Then you're trying to get through every coach. Then you're having the meetings there, and so it is. A, it's a long process to get to where we are right now, where we have, you know, we're able to answer your questions a little bit, a little bit more. Nothing to see here. Just took some time. Nine days to have a press conference. It took us a while. The snow kind of threw us off, and our feelings was hurt. Yeah, and we had to do some meetings and all that kind of stuff. Nothing to see here, guys. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. I don't feel better after that nonsense yesterday. <laughs> Hugh does because Fangio is coming to Philadelphia. Vic is coming to town. Santa Vic. He's going to make this defense all better. I do like Vic. Vic's a good coach, and I think he's going to do good things here. All right, let's get to Howie talking about – Something we shouldn't forget in the discourse about the head coach of the team that no longer has any say on offense or defense. I think the important thing for us to look at is before the stretch, which was a you know a difficult stretch, you know not diminishing the one and six stretch at the end. We were twenty six and five over the last thirty one games. I mean that's four times the amount of games that we played um, over this stretch. That is hard to do in the National Football League. That is hard to find um, a head coach in this league who has that record of success. Um, I think we were 33-11 and 11 up until that point um, with Nick. Um, we made the playoffs three straight years. Again, not okay finishing 1-6, and six, so I'm not sitting up here saying that, but um, it is hard to find somebody who can do those sort of things. 
Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you want to tout his record out there, but that's also an organizational thing. It's not just him. He's not the only one who got that record. It's yeah. Howie and Jeff and the players and all that. But Howie, yeah, it felt like Howie had to be out there to kind of calm things down. Yesterday. Yeah. I mean, because you, you do, and you have to put it in a, like, the, the bigger body of work, it, the, the better the perspective. Yes, of course. You know, because if you just go with the, the short sampling size, it's not a good look. And the thing that I think that they did a great job of, of uh, deflecting or dodging or not really having to talk about was this culture that Coach Sirianni talked about setting that at some point went sideways. Yeah. It went sideways. Like, that was the follow-up. If there was any gripe that I had about the press conference, and shout-out to all the people that asked questions. They asked some really good questions. That would be the one, Joe. It's like, okay, if you set the culture, Coach, what happened to the culture towards the end? Like, because you, you just sat here and said that's your job. So somewhere towards the end, Coach, there was a disconnect that you could not put your finger on. So what happened there? But nobody – you know, I mean, and I get it because at that point it became one of those ones where, you know – they tried to, from what I heard, take take over the the, the press conference and kind of you know like guide it in a certain direction. So, yeah, but if that's your job, you need to do a better job of uh, working the culture or you know setting the culture or moving those move. Maybe you should move some of those priorities around a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, you, you think it's done. a daily shuffle of the core values, or do we do it weekly? I don't know because when you say. I think I think we should have core values as a show. When he, when we need said, to move them up and down he, the board. When he said shuffling of the core values, I was like, <laughs> like Scooby Doo. <laughs> so I do think the best case that they could have made yesterday, and you know how we putting out there for why Nick's still here is his record, right? Because that, to your point, Hugh, big picture versus small picture, it's one we can't argue with, right? Leader of men. He's got a good record. He Leader does. of men. That we okay. But you're right. The, if the if we're doing the culture thing, what happened to the culture the last six weeks? Where, where'd that go when everyone looked like they wanted to go home instead of playing a playoff game? Like that? Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. 215-592-9494. Do you feel better about the Eagles after yesterday's press conference? Let's get to all the phone calls here. Nick in Jersey's up. What's up, Nick? What's up? How you doing? Nick, I, uh, I you know, I wish – I've been better. I'll put it that way. Nick, how you doing? How you feeling? I feel a little bit better because I'm understanding why Sirianni isn't unemployed right now. And it's just to keep a familiar face and some continu- continuity for the team and yeah. the players. Yeah, that makes The sense. players clearly, like, they like having him around even if he does look unprofessional. And in my opinion, he's been outcoached in every single game this year, even win or loss, just because of talent deficit. We have such a big talent deficit that we should beat. Most teams in the league last year in the Super Bowl, that was our only good team we played, in my opinion, like throughout the whole season. He was blatantly outcoached. Yep. But uh, the team just needs some continuity, and that's why we're keeping him. I will feel a lot better or worse when I know the name of the offensive coordinator. If it's Kingsbury, I think we are screwed because he runs no design rollouts, no under center. And I did some analysis on every playoff game this year. The team who runs the most under center plays as well as balances run and pass the best will win the game basically unless you have Patrick Mahomes that's my analysis yeah that's interesting Nick Wait I mean a minute. what what did you say now if the teams that are under center that do what now so the teams under that do the most under center snaps and have the most balance run pass are the bet are the better teams win in, they win the game they unless win you the have game Mahomes because Mahomes okay. just makes Patrick. up for everything okay yeah. okay well that's interesting yeah, the Eagles the Eagles ran zero out of forty nine 
snaps under center in the Bucks game, and we ran like twenty. No, I'm not. Runs. I'm not. I'm not disputing your stats. I just. I just wanted to understand what you were saying. He was that's taking it. notes. I'm just, you, yeah. I'm just giving you more evidence. I'm just giving you more. No, evidence. I mean that's fine. No, that's that's good. fine. That's it, cool. I, I, like I said, I wasn't. I just wanted to understand what you were saying. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- we're seeing more of that. I mean, the league now, and Nick, we appreciate. It. Now, part of this too is what they think Jalen will be good at, and I. I don't know. I mean, we're going to find out when they do make this I, hire. I, I think that the offensive coordinator that comes in here should have a template of what he wants to do, but that I think that it has to evolve and change with the quarterback and his skill set. Now, I, I would feel comfortable. Like, you know, we talk about Kingsbury. The thing that I remember about him, I don't know if he's really – I think he's one of those pass-happy guys because if he's not, he got the red what's – the, what's the name of his offense? Where they, they like <clears> the air out. raid. I was going – you know what I was about to say, the red rifle offense. That's what I was the about Andy to say. The Andy Dalton offense? No, but that I'm was his nickname. Well, no, I was trying to think of the name of, of it because they, they like to spread everybody yeah, out and yeah. throw the ball. Four wide, throw the ball. Yeah, that's okay. But I think, again, when you talk about teams that have success in the NFL – there's a healthy balance to running the football. And we've seen that. And, and there has to be a legit threatment to run the football. It has to be. We don't really have that yet. So I need somebody that not necessarily is going to put a heavy emphasis on running the football, but there has to be uh, a, a healthy respect for the run game. Well, look at what, how good golf has been with the Yes, the with the Lions. running game. Jameer Gibbs. Right, because teams respect the run, and then he does play action. And when he has time, I mean, golf can throw. We've seen that for years. It's yeah. just, yeah, when he has time to throw it, he can throw it. it I think it is important. You, it, the crazy part of this now is the most important person to the Eagles' success for next year might not be here yet. It might be this coordinator. Yeah, and, and who you get and yeah. what his philosophy is going to be. You have to do – like. I think this is where I feel you have to have a conversation with the quarterback. And in, in this sense, where you have to ask him where he is, how does he feel about the offense from last year, and what does he think could have done what, what mm-hmm. could have been done better. Now, if he if his what he says lines up with what I'm thinking, then we, we're cooking with gas. Because I think that Jalen has to be honest. If he's watching film, and I probably even watch film with him and say, okay, what do you think we could have did, done better in this situation? And, and if he's honest about where he is, then we can move on from that. We can cook with gas with that. We can make it happen. So you get an offensive coordinator in here that's going to marry what he does well, try to work on his deficiencies, and just make this team more efficient. Yeah, and they need to be. It, it's remarkable that we, we kept the coach, we went through a press conference, and yet the, the most important coach has not arrived yet. And I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, that – we're going to be on top of all these interviews now because this person is really important to the 2024 team. 215-592-9494. Antonio in Douglasville. What's up, Antonio? Hey, Joe. How are you? Good, Antonio. What are you feeling this morning? I'm okay. I, I really like the Vic Fangio hire. Antonio, like, you ain't going to say hi to me? I love it, yeah. You're just going to say hi to Joe. I ain't going to say hi to me, huh? They, they don't know who he is. <laughs> we doing this morning. I feel some kind of way. But listen, Hugh, you're one of my favorite players of all time. I'm just time. saying, but you just, I, Antonio, I, you just hurt my feelings, though, dog. You just speaking to Joe. I ain't saying hi to me. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm in my feelings this morning. I'm being a little sensitive. Well, is you Douglas okay? Yeah, no, I he's guess. not okay, Kyle. He's not okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. Okay, so I have a question for you, <laughs> Hugh. Um, the previous show had. Um, they use the word adult. And oh, I don't Vic use that Fangio, word a whole lot. But, but I'll let of, you finish. Go for it. One of Vic Fangio's favorite speeches was 
saying like you have to be an adult. Yes. But w- w- would you pronounce it adult or adult? Like oh. how? Like like how? How would you pronounce? How that, would right? I pronounce it? Adult. 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 Is that right? Yeah. Adult. I, I adult, say adult. Right? It's, yeah. adult. It's, it's obvious. How so would you pronounce what? it, Antonio? Would it be adult or adult? adult. I don't give a shit. <laughs> So then why does Joe DeCameron say adult? Antonio, you can because ask him. Because he's, he's an adult because he's different. Yeah. That's why. I mean, you if you want to ask Joe, you could. I'm sure he'll he'll answer you. Uh, I'm glad we got to the bottom. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad today, a day after we had a clown shoes press conference, we're talking about <laughs> how <laughs> quality reaction how by Antonio. DeCamera pronounces words. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. I love how you said it and then played the drop. <laughs> I mean, come I on. I reminded myself. Yeah, yeah. It it's like almost like you heard Kyle talk. It sounds thinking. better coming from Fransky. It does. It's it's great. Jeff in Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? Jeff going once, twice. Jeff <laughs> is a loss for words after that nonsense yesterday. I know I know who has words ready. Anthony in South Philly. What's up, Anthony? Joe, how you doing? Good, Anthony. <laughs> you, how are you? Hey, Anthony. I feel Anthony. I feel so much better now you spoke to me. <laughs> I don't want you to feel left out over there. <laughs> All right, listen, guys. Uh, yesterday we saw what we saw was Nick Sirianni not only castrated but turned into a Ken doll in full view of the public. Okay. It was so bad at one point when the reporter asked him, "What is it you do around here?" Oh, I got the answer. He berates the fans of the opposing team. <laughs> that probably I will better. yell at all the fans in Kansas City. Just let there me be. Uh, how were the players supposed to respect him after that debacle yesterday? And it was so obvious he was babbling that Howie Roseman had to jump in and tell the reporters they asked him a question because he didn't know what was going to come out of Sirianni's mountain next. Yeah, he probably shouldn't. It was a joke. Yeah, and as far as and listen, guys, I don't want to be a downer, but man, oh man. Will somebody please call out to Arizona and see if Seth Junior's head didn't explode yesterday? Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Seth, send him a text. See if Seth he's alive. Seth is playing golf somewhere. I can guarantee you that Seth is probably getting ready. Not right now. Not right now, but he's probably getting ready to go play some golf. Oh, seven, yeah, early tea he time. Might, he, he might could be up, out there. He probably get up. He probably working out right now, getting ready to go play golf. He didn't want to see a leaf off the Vic Fangio tree. He got the whole trunk in the roots yesterday. He did. He got the whole forest of Fangio. I, I, I mean, they just doubled down on us. I, I can't believe what I'm watching. This is, and this is the ultimate bend but don't break defense. I mean, we don't, I, didn't I hear them say yesterday they were going to play to the strength of our roster? Yes. Okay. Tell me how that is when we don't have one competent linebacker, let alone three or four. And they ain't going to get him out of the draft because Howie Roseman can't pick his nose. And they can't get in a free agency because they're going to worry about paying uh, 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 Smith on the offense. Okay? I, don't, I, just don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand it. I mean, you could almost see the strings coming out of his arms and head yesterday, Sirianni. Listen, <laughs> Joe, listen. This is – and guess what's going to happen next? You know your offensive coordinator? He's going to be another pass-happy lunatic. Because you, you, Douglas is right. If we don't bring a guy in here that's going to play a little, commit a little bit to the run, we're going to be in the same boat we we're in this year. And, and not only that, Anthony, when you talk about the run, it doesn't have to be a straight-off handoff all the time. It could right. be a screenplay. Right. It could be it could be a rocket screen. It could be a quick screen. It could be so, It could be an outlet pass. You know, when when you're trying to go down the field and, and nobody's there, just dump it off to the running back. It, it could be that, but I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to do that. 
I know. Listen, I, I agree with you 100%. You, they just want to do what they want to do. They want to play this analytics philosophy, and they don't care how it goes. Listen, guys, just look at the last four teams in the playoffs this year. Well, strong defenses, good commitment to the running game. The, the quarterbacks all play well for that. I mean, Jared Goff had one foot in the XFL last before he was traded there. Yep. I mean, look what they transformed that kid into with good play calling and a, and a running game support on the him. Yeah, he's 60 minutes from a Super Bowl. Anthony, we appreciate the phone call, man. It, Anthony is right, and I think his, his instinct is probably correct, what we're getting on offense. As much as Hugh's saying they need balance, I think everyone listening said they need balance. I don't know if they're going to go that way. I, we, we were watch, What we watched yesterday, and there's many ways to phrase it, it felt like a coach that was half-fired, but they let him stay. I mean, it just felt like a soft firing. Like, well, you're here, was, but you're not really in charge of anything. I, this is where, where it got me. And I, and I like Coach Sirianni. Let me say that first. I, I think that he has some, some, some redeeming qualities about him. I think that he can be a decent head coach. But that press conference yesterday, it, was, it, was, it did not paint him in a good, great no. light. It did not paint him in a great light. It, it, it made him, like I said, I had my teammates talking about, looks like a puppet. Like, why is he still there? What does he do? And I even went so far as I had some old teammates of mine say, okay, if he doesn't coach the offense or the defense or special teams, why are you here? Like, why are you here? Yep. I mean, that's strong. And I think he, like, for as much time as they took to to do this press conference, he probably could have did himself a, a better service if he would have did a better job of answering that one question. That That's the one that sticks out for Eagles fans. It's like, what, it's like, what do you do here? I'm the motivator. Like, that was not, you know. When you have one important question to answer, right, and you have nine days and you know the question is coming, you cannot have the word, the phrase or the words, I guess, in the answer. No, you got, it got to be with confidence. You, yeah. have to, you have to exude confidence. Even if you don't believe it, you have to say it like, you know what I mean? What say they it say, with your chest. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. And 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 people are asking, well, what are the team? What is it? What are the players and stuff saying? That's a tough one, because like it, it say, put it like this: If I was in the locker room and I was playing, and I was already a Coach Sirianni fan, I wouldn't that I would look at that and I would I would acknowledge that it was bad, but I wouldn't let it carry as much weight as it's probably carrying right now. Like I wouldn't let it do that if I was a player, and I would also be excited as a defender, about the fact that Vic Fangio is coming here. So that would kind of balance it out for me, which it kind of does now. Yeah, I think the Vic thing, and I know that people have a sour taste because of Gannon and because you, you hear about all these teams having this Vic Fangio defense. Vic's, it's his defense. Everyone else has just been you know derivatives of that. This guy's good. I, like, I, I think I, that shouldn't be lost. As, as much as I feel worse about the overall situation right now, I'm with you on this, Hugh. They they got a good corner. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Jonah, who's up next. What's up, Jonah? Hey, guys. Uh, hello. Good morning from Minneapolis, the, the Philly special. Uh, Hugh, yes. great to hear your voice every morning. <laughs> Thank and Joe, you, sir. I guess Thank it's you. good to talk to you, too. Oh, uh, Jonah, I <laughs> love you, buddy. No, no, what's up, man? What do you feel? I'm, I'm really heartened to see that Nick Sirianni is on double-secret probation. I, I really I feel good about it. I, I just I don't I, what's in it for him exactly because let's say they bring in a great coordinator let's say the offense does great we make it deep into the playoffs is anyone going to say see Sirianni's great they're going to say no 
coordinator is the reason this is happening. Yep. Why don't they just make him the head coach? Well, Jonah, and- with, with that thought before you go on, <clears throat> the first thought I had yesterday is if they bring in a good coordinator and they win some games next year and the offense is doing well and we know the offense belongs to that guy. He gone. Well, and then let's say next offseason you start to hear the rumors like, hey, that guy, you know, the whatever team that needs a coach wants to interview him. You know what conversation we're going to have here. Should they just dump Sirianni and make that guy the head coach? Yeah, I, I just I don't know what's in it for him. And also for Hugh, though, if you could take us into the locker room, help us understand what is the role of a coach, I mean a head coach in particular. Because is this an administrator? Do, co- do players respond to someone who's pushing papers and saying, all right, you guys come to me when there's a problem? I, but, I, I will say this. I will, what I remember about Coach Reed, Coach Reed was a leader of men. And I remember Coach Reed, when he came in, he had a, he had a template. He had a philosophy that he followed. That when we when I look back on it, it made us better players. He came in and he gave us our mentality, like the way that we practiced, everything that we did, that came from Coach Reed. Now, I know that Coach Reed was involved with play calling, but I don't know how involved he was. I mean, he, he he's an offensive minded coach, no question about it. So I don't know how involved he was, but that's the one thing that I remember about Coach Reed. The the biggest brainwashing job that a coach has, in my opinion, is to make you feel like running through a brick wall for him. And I think that Coach Sirianni has some of that. And that's he he would have probably been better off. He he just didn't articulate what he was as good as he needed to in that meet. But I do feel like that's what he brings to the table. And what coordinator is going to offensive coordinator is going to take the job knowing, well, I think I have control of the offense, but there's also this head coach here. He's kinda here, he's kinda doing things. I, I, I just wonder what that interview is going to be like if I'm the coordinator and I'm asking Howie and, and Mr. Laurie. Okay, so exactly how much power do I have? What's my leverage here? That's a valid I, question. That's, that, I think that's valid. I, Jonah, I agree. I, I don't think it's an easy sell. I mean, Jonah, we appreciate the phone call. I mean, someone's going to take the job because there are only, you know, 32 play callers in the NFL. You get to work with Hertz and Devontae and AJ and a good offensive line. It could propel someone's career like it did for Shane Steichen. So someone's going to take the job, but that's fair. Like, if you're a young coach, you'd say, do I want to go there? And then what if this thing flops? I, we all get blown out in a year anyway. We're going to fire the whole staff. It's, yeah. I don't think it's easy. But I don't think most coaches think like that because the, the offensive coordinators that I've been around, they've been pretty arrogant, and they feel like they can fix everybody. Mm. So I feel like the offensive coordinator that comes in here, he's going to come in here with an air of confidence. Like, yeah, of course he's going to want to use this as a springboard. And the best, the better he does, the better his chances are of making that happen in, sure. in a short period of time. So. I feel like it's mutually beneficial from the standpoint, hey, if we get a Super Bowl out of it, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. If we get if if I look at it like this, if we get back to the big show and we win it all and the coordinator decides to go get another job somewhere else, hey buddy, thank you for what you've done. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll try to find somebody else for the next run. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and and hope well that's the best case scenario here. And we all hope it happens. But yesterday in a lot of ways, just felt like a, a disaster at the podium. I mean, Sirianni, that, yeah, that was, was pretty bad. It was his worst press conference it was since not, his opener. It was, I was about to say, was it his worst since the since the first? Oh, one. I was about to say the because first you gotta, one. You got to rate him because well, he's had some bad ones. Okay, so the, this one ranks number two for him in terms of bad pressers after his first one because the first one was an all timer. I mean, it's it, I think it's an all time press conference in in NFL history. I mean, you, you go back to some of the crazy ones we've seen over the years. Sirianni, when he first arrived here, trying to tell us you know, about being smart knowing what to do. The first part of being yeah. smart is knowing what to do. Three years later, I'm, I'm still wondering about that whole thing, and that after yesterday. Let's go to uh, Drea 
up next on WIP. What's up, Drea? Hey. Hey, Joe. Hey, who? Hey, how you doing? Um, good. Well, actually, no, I'm not good. I'm actually, I think I'm too emotionally involved with this team. Emotionally invested. Too, too much. Because um, this is stressing me out. Because one thing that I will say, I'm sorry, that's my dog. It's all right. It's all right. Don't worry about it. You're good. You're good. The the thing that um, annoyed me more is about, I guess you could say, oh, my God, my dog. You know what? It happens when Howard calls in. So if he can do it, you could do it. Go ahead. You're good. We got you. No, the thing that annoys me the most is listening to friends when um, uh, Howie is talking about his record. But I don't care about 33 and 11 because the most important record is how we ended the season. Because can we both agree that the Eagles started off as the best uh, best team and then the worst team? Yes, 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 they were. 10 and 1, and then down the stretch, they were probably the worst or second worst team in the whole league. Trash. Yes, so that right there means Nick Sariani needs to go. And – they could not tell me during the press conference what is the benefit of Nick Sariani being there. Because even when he gave that statement about how he put players in the best position to win during uh, his press conference, the first thing I thought of, how? The, the last thing, the last position I remember you doing was putting Devontae Smith in a bad position for him to get hurt. So, no, you do not put players in the best position to win. And then when he keeps, I'm sorry, if I hear core values one more time, because none of these core values he is demonstrating. So I had to look up what the core values was because I always hear it. Okay, it says fundamentals. We know he does no fundamentals. He has no accountability, and it says compete, and clearly the team did not compete for him. So it just proves that what Hugh, what you said, he really is a puppet for the organization. That's what it feels. And like. he's the fall guy. He's the one to go out there, and we'll beat him up. Andrea, good phone call. What, what, by essence of him being the coach and him being the guy that talks after the game and, and during the week, he's the one we're going to rip when things go bad, even though he doesn't have to say anymore. What goes on here? 215-592-9494. Keep the calls rolling all day on the show. The Eagles have their end-of-the-season press conference. Did anything that happened yesterday make you feel better about the Eagles? I feel worse. Who's feeling good about the defense quarter? Plus, the hiring of Fangio, what it means here, the good and the bad of Fangio. We have to rehash something that seems all – I mean, it seems so obvious now, and we kind of just let it go in the moment. We'll hit it next. Yeah, that guy. 215-592-9494 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. The future of joint pain relief is here, and it's QC Kinetics. Let me tell y'all what happened to me yesterday. I went for my third treatment yesterday, and I ain't lying, but I feel so much better than I did when I got there. You know how it is when you get older, man, your joints start creaking and everything, creaking, creaking, whatever you want to call it. They're bad. Your joints are bad. And QC Kinetics can help you fix that, man. Like I said, I went there yesterday, had my third treatment, it feels like I am going to run that marathon. I don't know how true that statement is, but you get what I'm going with this. And this is not a Band-Aid that I'm talking about. This is something that's going to last me for the rest of my life. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you back in the game. If you like to work out or do anything that has anything with being physical, this is what you need to do. You need to call my people at QC Kinetics. You know your body already has what it needs to restore and repair itself. And QC Kinetics can make that happen for you like they're making it happen for me. 
This is no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. The future of pain treatment has arrived. Hundreds of board-certified QC Kinetic providers have treated a ton of satisfied patients all over America. And guess what? You can be one of them. Hip pain, back pain, any pain associated with arthritis or injury, get a free consultation today. Go call them at 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000. Just in case you didn't hear me. 215-999-3000. That's Q. 